we'll talk about Katona Yoga and the whole narrative that we speak to is, you know, first nature, you come here with something, second nature, you learn it, and then third nature is what do you do with it? And that's the whole point. It's like, we don't just practice yoga to practice yoga, we're practicing to do something with the insights, to do something with whatever it is that happens on the mat. Welcome to the Sustain Podcast, where we discuss all things that exist at the intersection of design and sustainability. Are you intimidated by the zero and zero waste, but you want to live more sustainably? Are you inspired by elevated, timeless design? Do you prioritize progress over perfection? Then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Jacqueline Tracy, the founder of Sustain, a home-focused, sustainable marketplace on a mission to build a more circular future, imperfectly, but collectively. Today, I had the honor of interviewing Josie Schweitzer, who is a amazing Katona yoga teacher, and uh, she's also a good friend of mine. So it was so fun to have this conversation and actually just hear a deeper side of you know how she got into yoga, and she just is such an inspiring human. Like she just has this depth to her and this commitment to really being free as a human while also rooting herself in discipline and routines and boundaries. And I just think that everyone will walk away from this episode with like specific practices that you could start integrating into your life or at least inspiration to find those things that could help ground you in your everyday so that you don't get spun out. Uh, she talked about how the end of summer is a transitional season. She talks about transition and change and all of these things, like just being such a fluid part of life and, and, and talks about how to really root yourself in the present moment. So listen to this. Let me know what you think. She is a gift to the world. Today we have Josie on the show. I'm so excited um, to chat with you. And this time it's like truly in person. And I'm like so pumped about that because I haven't done an in-person podcast interview yet. So, um, so Josie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. So I want to start out with um, just giving everyone a little bit of a background about like your journey into Katona Yoga, into... Uh, the this like very beautiful like philosophy way of living of like showing up and like working through um, you know the parts of life that are edgy and hard <laughs> through these different practices that you um, have been certified in <laughs> so like let's just take everybody back to like when did you start this journey of in yoga practice and mindfulness and meditation all of that Wow, it's like, what year do you want me to begin? Um, I started practicing, I would say, I remember, oh my God, in high school, we would do yoga one day in gym with like a DVD. 
like literally. And I just remember being like, okay, I love this. It was like so corny, whatever. But um, back then, because you know, I am older, um, there wasn't all these yoga studios. Like there was no Lululemon. There was not like a lot of the yoga studios were kind of like, you needed to know somebody. Um, so the first place I started practicing in high school was like literally in the basement of a health food store. And me and one of my friends would go there sometimes. And I don't really have a lot of memory of it because I don't think we went that many times and we weren't really ready for that kind of, um, I think, talk yet. Like I really needed to be introduced to it through this embodied practice, which didn't come around until years later when um, I was doing hair at the time. And one of my clients started working at this place called Lululemon, which at the time was new. And it was like a pop-up store in Columbus in the short north. If you don't know what um, that is, it's like a cute neighborhood in Columbus, Ohio. And um, they were able to take people as guests. Like if you worked at the store, you could take people as guests to different classes. So they kind of knew about like all the places and things that were going on. So one of my clients started taking me to this place and it was more of like this power yoga studio and I just fell in love with the physicality of it and I just felt like, oh my God, I don't know, I love this, I need this in my life and I'm somebody that doesn't just dip their toes into something, I get pretty um, obsessed with things. So if I'm into something, I'm into it and I started going all the time and I quickly was like, I wanna learn more about this. So I, the first one, I went to Costa Rica and did a teacher training. And in that moment at that place, I was like, I want this to be my life. I want to not only like just teach yoga, I want to teach people how to become teachers and facilitate this type of stuff. So I saw that in that first moment. And when I came back, I started teaching quickly after. I opened my first yoga studio within like a year of that. And I do want to say that that was not like an easy thing. Like teaching was very... Um, it was not an inherent thing that I was good at. I had to press up against fear and um, not wanting to, I'm not somebody that wants to be like seen in front of people. Like I don't like to speak and the, you know, I don't like to be at the front of class and like look at me kind mm -hmm. of thing, which was like literally the opposite. I was like going into these places and you have to like be seen and mm -hmm. heard and that was not first nature for me. Um, mm -hmm. So it became... Which, is, which that's amazing to hear you say that because I think, like, I've been in a, a room with you while you're teaching and you have, you have such a, like, grounded, like, rooted power that you can mm -hmm. feel, you know, like this, like, powerful presence. And so it does, it, like, when I'm in a room with you, I'm like, oh, she just, like, walked out of the womb, <laughs> just, like, being able to, you know, just be this incredible teacher who can really move people, you know, in beautiful ways while they're in the class with you. Well, I appreciate that. I just like to say that because I think it's like, it's easy. It's like people can just be like, oh, and then I started doing this and I was, you know, it's like it didn't, none of it came easy. Like, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, I opened up a studio quickly and I made it my life. I stopped doing hair quickly after that, but it was because I stepped into things that were inherently hard and... Um, I didn't like do it when I was ready. I did it when I was not ready, but I knew there was just this like knowing of like, I have to do this or else I don't know. And I'm lucky to have people in my life, like my mom that were like, you know, you can't fail. Like if you do it and it doesn't work out like you wanted to, it's like, whatever. Like I just had that support. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was 
you know, that's always been good because I think some people, like, don't have that kind of support, especially from parents. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't have the, like, financial support, but I had the, if you fuck up, it's not a fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I was just talking to a friend the, uh, this week about how if you're, if you're not, uh, what, what, what's the saying? It's if you're not winning, you're learning, mm. which I just think is so powerful because so many people are like, oh, I failed or I lost or I, this or that. And it's like, well, I mean, the learnings are usually where the fail, you know, a failure yeah. Uh, comes and that's where like the deep learnings are like that's where you get stronger and that's where like the magic really actually happens so um, yeah that's so that's so cool that you had like a parent who is supporting you in that way like telling you that because totally. it's so true it's just like life is full of fa- failures and there's so many ways to like um yeah to just take that and and into a different you know path yeah I remember reading when things fall apart, did you read that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, by Pima Children. And it's one of the best books I've ever it's read. Like, there's no right or wrong. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, you go left, you go right. What do you do with it? And that's a lot of you know yeah. leading into. We'll talk about Katoni Yoga and the whole narrative that we speak to is, you know, first nature you come here with something. Second nature you learn it, and then third nature is what do you do with it? And mm-hmm. that's the whole point. It's like we don't just practice yoga to practice yoga. We're practicing to do something with the insights to do something with whatever it is that happens on the mat mm-hmm oh I love that so much that was actually gonna be my next question too was I was like what because I know that you're like you don't have to list all the certifications but I know you have so many certifications and so many different things um and I know that like Katona is like the is really like one of your one of your main focuses right now but what are from like the various um, styles of yoga and any other mindfulness practice, um, because I know you even do jujitsu, which it's I would can I mean wait it's not jujitsu it's um, no, is it yeah. okay yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, like even that would be considered like a mindfulness practice yeah. I right? think that like it's like my teacher Naveen will say any yoga is therapeutic any thing you do can be therapeutic or mindful it's like how are you doing it yeah yes and like Uh anything is like you having your store is a mindfulness practice because that's how you move through life yeah 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 oh my gosh that's so cool I love that the yeah so what do you think from like what what would be some of your like even just what you shared about Katona teachings but like what are some like big things that you have taken away from the practices that you do yeah. like some big insights that you wish like everybody knew or you wish you knew when mm. you were younger well I think that I needed to find everything when it came to me so I'm not in the school of like oh I wish I like you know what I mean it's like mm-hmm. well I know it now because that's when I needed to know it I mm-hmm. knew it you know five years into practicing because that's when I was available to understanding it through that lens mm-hmm. um when I first started teaching, I was teaching very much like a power yoga. Like you came to my class and I played a really good playlist. Like I know how to throw a party, like literally <laughs> in high school, like everyone's been to my house cause my mom would go out of town all the time and I knew how to throw a party, but I still knew how to throw a party in the sense of like, it's just like knowing how to be sneaky. Like it's like the gateway drug into like what I was actually like, what then comes from, okay, you start doing a practice and then you're like, I want to know more about this. So then you do a teacher training and you mm-hmm. learn the books, like you learn the sutras and the niyamas and you, you know, all these things that are kind of like the basic things that you learn in a 200 across the board. Um, so 
you know, that was cool for a while. And then I quickly was like, okay, but like, wh what else? Like, I'm just always curious. Mm -hmm. So I like, literally I was in New York, um, living there for six months doing a 500 hour teacher training at yoga works that offered all kinds of practices. But I was there to focus on being more of a vinyasa teacher, but we did things like Iyengar and Hatha and, um, restorative and you know you learn all these different lineages um, like trauma-informed stuff and when I was there that time to be in that training I was told by someone to go to this place called Katona Yoga it was in Chelsea and I went and I never left you know what I mean like I mm -hmm. just kept going even in my training but I kept going to Katona but I want to say because a lot of people listening to this podcast I assume um, on your end won't know that word, but Katona is just a place in New York. It is where my teacher Naveen Mishan was living at the time that she opened up her first studio, ended up calling it Katona Yoga, and that's why it's like had this name attached to it, and mm -hmm. Katona is about like an hour train ride from the city up north in mm. New York. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it is a place and so the, you know the name sounds esoteric but the practice it's funny the practice is esoteric but and um it's only called that because of that but what happened was i realized it was weaving all these practices that i was learning in different places together so it was like whenever i would practice something else i would go to justice shanga and i was going to mysore every day but then i was also like getting injured and going too far into things and i didn't know about boundaries or prop work and then mm. just Iyengar was like boring to me because it was stale like there was all these things that and then, but it was like so magic because there was all this prop work in it and this stuff that I had never learned before but one on its own was just like not doing it for me like I mm -hmm. saw the I saw the leaks in the foundation and I saw it not just by looking but by putting myself in those situations and actually being a practitioner of all of these things so I really had to get injured <laughs> learn show up like do a lot of work and so then when this other practice was being offered I was like oh this is literally combining all of these things the physicality together in this well-informed container that offered prop use for boundaries that offered ashtanga in, um, inspired things but like with boundaries so we didn't go too far into things and like blow out our hamstrings mm -hmm. or go too far into a twist so instead it was like the the teachings of it, which Naveen is very smart and has studied so much, theology, religion, um, she's like beyond smart um, and well-read and has also put herself in these situations over years and years of practice and teaching. Um, you know, it's like a twist in Katona, we think of being expansive rather than like diminishing yourself and like getting smaller. It's like you're using your mind, you're using your imagination to have a revelation in a twist rather than like how tiny can I get and how compact can I get mm. and we also speak to the glandular system and the organs rather than speaking about ch the chakra system which is kind of the same thing it just gives us something to tangibly put our minds to like if I say mm -hmm. your, your third chakra versus like think about your kidneys like those are actual things we can like imagine that we have right mm -hmm. so it's not to diminish anybody that does chakra work right because I, I also am like you know I'm about that life but that's yeah. <laughs> not the language you'll hear me speak to just because uh -huh. I can only be so much right it's like I've chosen to kind of pick my lane that I love so much uh -huh. and get really good at it rather than like thinking that I need to be everybody's teacher like 
I know damn well I'm not everybody's teacher. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not for everyone. And, like, if I tried to be, like, I tried to be in the beginning, Mm -hmm. um, I would be not happy. So, like, at the end of the day, it was, like... I stepped away from teaching power vinyasa because that's not the teacher I was anymore, but that doesn't mean like power vinyasa can't be taught really well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so resonates with me. I think just, I think anyone who's like stepping into their own, you know, their own power, their own identity, um, which I feel like I've been doing for the last like three or four years. Um, that would resonate with because it is that's like yeah. the, the big realization a couple years ago for well, me we don't even realize we're doing it at the time yeah. you know until one day we're like tired and bitter and like what are you because know, it drains you like what are we doing and then there's burnout right mm-hmm. so like for me and this is again like speaking to Naveen and Katona like the whole point of like the practice is how can you have more joy and that sounds a little like woo woo um but it is it's like if you feel good in your body, if you understand how to use your mind, body, breath, your imagination to bolster you instead mm-hmm. of diminish you, to you know, use less effort, be more efficient with your efforts, and then you can tie that into anything else you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the language we speak to is Taoism, which if you've read The Creative Act, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't read Maybe it, people have heard of that, mm-hmm. but the Rick Rubin book that came out this past year... Um, that the, I think the reason why it became so popular is because it's just universal principles. He even mm. says, like, there are quotes verbatim in that book that I've heard Naveen say, other people say that, and she'll be the first to tell you, like, I didn't make all of this up. It's like, these are, like, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Like, this kind of language, which mm-hmm. I don't actually really believe that anymore, but, like, the idea of it, um, it it's universal there's a past there's a future there's a present this is like Taoist Mm -hmm. principles there's always a third there's something mediating two polarities Mm -hmm. we can't argue that I can't argue that after winter spring will come right so we talk Mm -hmm. about the seasons right we weave in that narrative of the five elements and um Chinese medicine and Taoism because it's universal instead of someone else's religion, right? And then that way we can come to this practice and be any religion. Like mm-hmm. this practice is for anyone. It's not for everyone, if that makes sense, because it's not, you know, maybe if that's why I say it came to me at the time I was available to it. Mm-hmm. If this was the first practice I found before meeting this, like, physical, put on loud music, get me out of my head, then this practice is asking me to, like, be in my head, to be in my moment, mm-hmm. to like fucking look at my shit. Sorry, can I cuss? Yeah, don't um, I? Yeah. Um, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't know like, Apple or Spotify's be, rules, we but. Need to be like available to it, right? Uh-huh. So I wasn't available to it until I was. And then this, I mean, literally, I. And then not only is it asking you to, you know, do this practice that's very. Um, bolstered but it's telling you to like bring yourself to it it's like come to like you can't be a katana teacher until you're already certified to be a teacher Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things like come to it with you and put this information layer yourself into it so if you come and take my class it's different than i know you know steph you know Mm -hmm. steph windsor's class and if you go to somebody in new york like we're all it's there's similarities for sure but you can feel the texture of who we are and that's something that was like please do this, please be you in this, which Mm -hmm. that was never really taught to me. It was like, memorize this, do this. Mm. Yeah. And, um, which is what all like the corporate yoga 
that are te- usually teaching vinyasa, right? Is that what is that what more like more of the corporate style I kind mean, of it's yoga? Okay. It doesn't have to be. It it's could like be any. Yeah, yeah I mean, just various places yeah. like core power, and then there's like mom and pop yoga studios. Yeah. Which, so it's not the practice; it's more like where did you learn it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's like not all restaurants are good restaurants. Not all yoga is mm-hmm. good yoga. Like, know mm-hmm. how to sniff things out. Know how to, you know. Yeah. See what's happening around you. Hmm. <laughs> Sustain is raising a community investment round and you're invited to participate. If you love Sustain, believe in our mission, and want to become a co-owner of our rapidly growing company, visit wefunder.com slash sustain. Investments start at just $100. Okay, so can you go back to, I want to talk a little bit about the seasons because the last time that you and I chatted about this, um, about seasons, I remember it was like, it was end of summer and I was like, wow, I'm actually in my end of summer. Yeah. <laughs> like it was this huge transitional mm-hmm. stage. Um, but yeah, I want to hear about like what, what are the seasons from a Katona framework and then, and then like what, like how, cause the way you were explaining it where it's like, there are, it could be this season, but you could actually feel like you're yeah. in this season, like how that works. Yeah. So the five elements are not like Katona, right? We, mm-hmm. we speak to this That's in Katona Taoism. because we weave it through. It's the five element theory. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's Chinese um, theory. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, there's a spring, summer, late summer, fall, and winter. Mm-hmm. And so it's not only, like each season has its own gland, has its own organ that, that it's attached to, has its own um, emotion, has its own... There's so many things to each one, right? Mm -hmm. So right now we're in the fall and it's the season of the lungs and large intestine. So Mm -hmm. it's all about like taking in and eliminating. Like if you think about the lungs, you take in and then large intestine, you eliminate. So it's this, what are you going to take with you into the next season? So what can you eliminate? What do you not need to bring with you to this next season? This is how we actually had to live when it was like, you know, hunter gatherer kind of thing. So there's that and there's also emotion, right? There's grief and there's also joy. So there's always like a polarity to it. A mm-hmm. lot of times people just look to the um, air quotes negative. It's like if you ask anyone, what's the emotion of fall? Everyone's like grief, but there's mm-hmm. also something else to it. And that's why in the fall for me, I think about, okay, lungs, how do you pump your lungs up? How do you get yourself more bolstered? Pranayama. Like I do so much pranayama in the fall, but I mean, honestly, I do so much pranayama all the time because I know that that's going to pump me up, give Mm -hmm. me more joy, give me more like air in my tires, more like as soon as I do some kind of a breath work practice, it immediately changes my, um, mind, right? I can quickly do one little thing and I can be like, oh, okay, I'm good. It's like magic. What is pranayama exactly? Is that the like what kind of breathing? So How does that is sound like? Breath work, uh-huh. right? So it could oh, it's just be any. Oh, any it's breath like, work. Okay, I thought it was be, like at that specific like no fiery breath or something. That's kapalabhati. Um, okay, right? so breath of fire. So there's yeah. so much like pranayama is this like very blanket statement of like that is breath work. So yeah, then breath work these, is like, so powerful. Oh the, my gosh. You know when I do cold plunges, like I'm doing different breathing than I would if I was in a yoga class. So it's mm-hmm. like it's not just learning one tool. It's like learning you know having many tools to put in your toolbox so that you can use them like when I fly I hate takeoff and I hate landing because I've been in situations that 
I thought I was going to die from turbulence and like the things that have happened. So now I have to like, I have my breath practices that like nobody knows I'm doing, but I'm doing them on the plane when I'm uh-huh. taking off and landing because it soothes me. Yeah. Right? It like soothes my, oh my soul. Gosh. So like I have my own things that it's like, there's so many different things when I do a cold plunge, like I'm mm-hmm. doing different breath work that I'm doing in a class. Like if it's the summer, I'm going to, you know, if I'm teaching a class in the morning, it's going to be different breath work than at night. Yeah. So it's yeah, knowing yeah. like, what we need in each moment. So then speaking of the seasons, you know, it's understanding what season you're in physically, like we're in Colorado, we're physically in fall, but, and understanding like, where are we emotionally? Like, Mm -hmm. are we in the fall of something? Are we in the summer of something? Like, is there, are we in a new relationship? Is it like springy? And you know, it's Mm -hmm. like playing into it that way as well. Um, Also there's this, you know, this, the in between one of my favorite seasons to think about and, have learned about is late summer which like we don't actually look at on the calendar Mm-mm. but it's that like it's that day at the end of summer before fall where it's like so nice and it's you know the sun's out and it's like oh my god this is like it's like this late summer day but it's also a transitional season so it's mm-hmm. the it's like late summer can be between any season but it's also transitionally like if we're in a transition we're in late summer so there's all these things that once we really learn the seasons and then learn the organs all these things you can play it like every day so there's you know in the morning there's the spring of the day there's the summer of the day when it's hot and it's ripe in the mm-hmm. afternoon there's the fall like the late summer and then there's the fall and then you sleep at night it's winter and then you do it again the next day mm-hmm. so it's being able to place ourselves in great nature like so often we're spun out in life we think oh my god we're never going to get over this thing I'm never going to be okay I'm always my heart's going to be broken forever and then we remember like after winter spring always rises Mm -hmm. like there we cannot argue that like when the sun goes down Mm -hmm. the sun will come up and Mm -hmm. it's just like a remembering what to remember Mm -hmm. and that in itself is like so easy and also so difficult at times to be like oh yeah like I'm gonna get through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. I'm like, that is just, I, I, I like, I love that. Even though what you just described of fall, because I'm like, I just, I actually now feel like that relates more <laughs> to where I, yeah. I just think that's such a cool compass to use for life. But, um, okay. So tell me a little bit more about the, um, because, okay, there there are a couple of things that I wanted to ask you about. One is like a fairly new learning for me was that like trauma is held in your body and it's mm-hmm. like your body then signals to your brain. And so there's some things where it's like no amount of talk therapy will be able to get you through whatever it is that your body's holding on to because you need to move, you need to move that energy. Yeah. So I wanted to hear about like your perspective on, on that. So let's start there. And then I have yeah, one other thing that's related. Well, I think there's a lot of different ways I could go about speaking to this mm-hmm. because I think it's such a wide, vast pool of um, that idea in itself is like you could go a lot of different ways. Yeah, that's me, true. Um, when I think about, it's like habits, right? If we have a bad habit, we don't change that just by stopping the bad habit. We have to decide we're going to do something else in its place. And then all of a sudden you're doing this other thing and you just stop spending your time doing that other thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you can't just stop. You have to replace it with something else. You have to have a system in place. It's like why all these books, like, um, what is that one called about habits? 
It's like the most the seven effective. No, I mean, see, it's there's like so many. There's so many habit books. Um, there's, there's so many. Yeah, there's one I have. It's, it's I can't this idea of like a system, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of just one thing, it's like you have to do it for a while. Yeah. So for me, it's like committing to something, and again, seasonally, right? I do a lot of things seasonally. So if mm-hmm. you commit to doing something for a whole season, it makes more of a lasting impression, right? Mm-hmm. If you do it for twelve weeks as opposed to like two days. So like things happen in time and that's again all goes back to personal religion um, mm-hmm. is how you spend your time and that is the practice. Like your physical practice becomes your personal religion becomes that is what you do with your time. 24 hours in a day, what are you going to do with it? So for me, if you know, if you don't like what you're seeing in the rearview mirror, <laughs> like change the direction you're headed. So do something else, do something different with your time and then you'll forget mm-hmm. that thing. Like mm-hmm. and when we're in a good place, like you know when you're having a really good day or you're having a shitty day, if somebody asks you about something that happened, you could see the good in it. You could be like, yeah, I'm like, but it taught me this. And, you know, it was actually a learning experience. Mm-hmm. They ask you another day that you're having a spun out day. It's like, ugh, I, you know, it ruined everything. I wasted mm-hmm. my time. It's like if we're in a good place, we have a better relationship with what's going on physically with us. Mm-hmm. So when someone comes in to me and it's like a private practice, right, a private yoga one-on-one, I don't ask them what's going on. I see their body, I see where they're placing themselves and I'm just Mm -hmm. trying to get them in the middle because in the middle is taking them away from coming really far forward in your upper body and that's like you going into the potential, going into the future. This is like forward, forward mm-hmm. thinking is, is where anxiety comes from. Yeah, if that's you're probably where, where I'm mostly, back and you're I'm mostly the there. Place, like, <laughs> that's depression, right? Yeah. So we as humans, mm-hmm. like we're always either experiencing some anxiety or some depression to some extent, right? Whether it's like very low grade or very like dramatic. And then, but the thing is, is people get attached to that and they say, I'm depressed. And it's like, well, you're experiencing depression. Mm-hmm. It, it's not that you are a depressed person. Does this make yeah. sense? Yeah. Oh my so the gosh. Idea yeah. Is like yeah. Always finding the middle, and that's what we're doing in the practice. Like as soon as you put somebody in the middle, it takes them out of their narrative because most times they're not even right anyways. Mm-hmm. Like the reason why their shoulders messed up is probably not why they think it is. It doesn't matter. It's like how can I position you to be in the center and then in the center you're not spun out you can see oh i'm here and if you it's like um if you pin yourself on the map if you drop me a pin like where Mm -hmm. are you oh here i am okay you need to know where you are to use a map if you don't know where you are you can't use a map and our practices are maps so it's like Mm -hmm. if you're spun out you don't know how to place yourself what good is a practice like Mm -hmm. you need to know okay i'm here and sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow right and maybe it's that you know you need therapy. You need to be on medication. Like there, mm-hmm. it's not just like, Oh, the yoga practice will fix all. It's like, it's just another place to go for insight to make, to allow us to understand what do I actually need mm-hmm. more of less of where am I going too much? Where am I not going enough? Like who, like, how do you feel after you hang out with someone? That's a good tell. Like the recipe oh my is gosh, yeah. how do you feel two hours later? Like if you go to a yoga practice and you feel horrible in a few hours, Maybe not the best idea, but if you hang out with a friend and you feel horrible every time after you hang out with them, stop hanging out with that person. Yeah. Like these are the, yeah. these are the, to change the direction. Like, this yeah. is the recipe. Like you want to, uh, you know, make good use of your time. Yeah. And so when you're in, when you're in a state of like joy and like being in the center and understanding where you want to go, you're not wrapped up in the narrative of the trauma. Does that make sense? Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's not to diminish trauma or anything like this, but it might be that like, oh, I need a different kind of therapy. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I went to cognitive therapy for a long time until that wasn't working for a long time. And then mm-hmm. I went and I now I do um, a different kind of therapy and it's called ACT therapy and mm-hmm. it's like changed my world. But mm-hmm. like I also have to remember that like that's not going to work forever either. So it's yeah. this knowing that like seasonally we change, year to year we change. It's like being attached to this narrative of this is who I am. It's like, well, you don't have to have that narrative still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're someone else in in a year, in five years. Like, mm-hmm. keep reminding yourself, where are you? What do you want? Where do you want to go? Because so often we're five years, you know, five years ago what we wanted, and now we're still working towards that thing, and that's not what we want anymore, but we, like, forgot to remind ourselves that. Yeah, to, like, check in to where are my new mm-hmm. success goal posts at yeah um and so okay so then with like to get to get to that space in the middle like I know that you are like I know that I'm okay this is just like my I'm I shouldn't make assumptions but like when I think about you I think about um how one you like there's discipline but there's also like not this like rigid, dis- like there's no rigidness to you. Like there's still like this free flowing, like even spontaneous, you know, elements. And I think that's such a beautiful thing because when you can have like, it's like what you were talking about before where there's like this, the polarity almost mm-hmm. where there's like discipline and freedom or um, I don't know how you would describe it, but yeah, just anything, any like thoughts that you have on that and, and how you have come into, you know, this, the space that you're in, because you do, you, your energy comes across as like this very balanced, um, like, I know what I want, I know where I'm going, I, and I, like, Mm -hmm. you're living in the middle, which is really beautiful. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you saying that. Also, you know, things aren't always as they appear. No, but I, well, I will say, like, one of, I love thinking about values, like, value work is something that I started Mm -hmm. doing over the past few years, like, really thinking about, like, what are my actual core values? Like, what are those words? And I bring those with me, but my top one, if you can guess, is freedom. Is it freedom? But, like, how does freedom come? Freedom comes with discipline. Like, if I wasn't disciplined to wake up every morning at and I, I don't set an alarm clock. Like, I love the morning so much. I, unless I have a really early flight, I wake up at 5, 5.30 every day. Like, no, sometimes a little earlier. But, like, around 5 is my sweet spot because I love waking up when it's still dark out. I love my mornings for me. Um, I do, you know, I do my own practices in the morning. I do the same thing every morning. Um, and I don't, I don't even have to share that, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like what works for me won't work for everyone. Um but I'm very disciplined in that way so that when I start my day, like I have really good boundaries on like my phone and I'll tell you that, like mm-hmm. I turn off, um, even just like today, like I, I put my phone on airplane mode for like an hour to two hours every day and it's like mm, the best thing so ever. That's so good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say like at night when I'm ready to go to bed, like my, I'm logged off of all the things. Like I'm not on Instagram. I'm logged off. It's not just like not around me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, my phone's on the charger outside of my bedroom. Mm-hmm. And then I don't open up those apps or respond to email or text until I've done my morning stuff. Mm-hmm. So that, that is like, that's my boundary. Like I have to do that. Otherwise, if I don't, I know it's not a recipe for a, a good morning or day. Like mm-hmm. I know I can easily get spun out with seeing other people's thoughts, other things, right? So in the morning, I listen to music right away. I don't put on podcasts until I do my thing, right? Because I don't want other people's 
words in my mind. So I have a very disciplined mm-hmm. thing that I do even when I travel. Like, so I'm disciplined because it gives me freedom, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, I love, I just think that's such a beautiful thing. Cause I, I think, I think discipline can have a negative connotation, you know, um, in ways like, well, I think like getting too attached to that thing, right. I mm-hmm. always have to check in like, okay, I'm going to do it for another season. But then like, if it's not working, like sometimes we think that like for a long time, a, a yoga practice was working for me mm-hmm. until it really wasn't. And then I was like, what am I doing? And this was when I was doing like a Mysore practice every mm-hmm. morning. And, um, it just wasn't for me at the time. And I was like, going through like an identity crisis like okay this is what's like helped me and then like it it's things aren't always going to do what they have done for us we have mm-hmm. to be reminded of like we have to change like if I was to have a kid like I know that my morning routine would have to change I'm not going to try to like beat my head against something mm-hmm. like you have to shift seasonally where mm-hmm. you're at mm-hmm. and like yeah. you know it's it doesn't have to be this like hour-long thing or two-hour-long thing it's like if you do something for literally two minutes each morning, like even just like making your bed, like it, like seasonally, that might be where you're at. Like I'm, I'm just scraping by. I can like make my bed in the morning. Like great. Because mm-hmm. that's a win. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think, I mean, for me right now, it's like, I'll, I'll go on walks and I'll do meditations and sometimes it's, it'll be a mix of like, I'll like no sound, you know, I'll just like look at nature and be present in that moment. Um, other times I'll do like guided meditations while I walk, but it is, I, I do definitely notice because I'm not perfect about that. Um, I will notice that I run into the days differently, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and I, and I like sprint against the day more intensely when I don't have this peaceful moment in the morning. Um, and so it's a big, it's just, I'm, I'm sure that even the people around me can feel it too when, you know, when that doesn't happen. So, but that's for me, I'm like, I'm in a busy season right now and yeah. it's like, but if I can do that one thing, you know, totally. like move, like some kind of movement, even if it is just like power walking yeah. and then some kind of like, let's just get in tune and like check in with your body. Um, that's like, I'm like, for right now, that's I'm like, if we could do those two things in a day, we're, yeah, we're it's good. Yeah, like, it's never what we think, right? Like, one thing we say is, like, you can't meditate in a house on fire. Some people think, like, oh, I need to get them to meditate. It's like, maybe you're really anxious right now, and that's the last thing you need to do. Yeah. Just sit in your anxiety. Like, go outside. Get yeah, some yeah, fresh yeah. air. Go mm-hmm. for a walk. Like, it would behoove you to do something different. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's a really good point. And that's like the, what you were saying earlier about how there are, we have so many tools in our, in our tool belt of like, you know, things that can help us at different points and different stages. And, um, it's like knowing which tool we need to reach for that day in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Because even, you know, uh, a screwdriver will do what a hammer will do, just not as efficiently. So Mm -hmm. then it's even like, knowing which tool to use truly because a lot of times we're trying to use the wrong one it'll give us something but you know what I mean yeah 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 totally yeah um okay so I wanted to ask you this is the question that I ask everybody but how do you incorporate um like the philosophy progress over perfection in your in your own practice I feel like you kind of just live it. <laughs> I'm like, 
Because you're also. What do you mean by that? Like, what would be. So, like, progress over perfection. So, progress over perfection is like our whole, like, philosophy at Sustain. And that's Mm -hmm. like, especially when it comes to sustainable lifestyle, it's just like so important to keep top of mind. But I think that, um, I think in general, like, there are many people in the world who are just like, either perfectionist or recovering perfectionist or trying to overcome that, you know, which I would consider to be the rigidness, Mm -hmm. you know, that I, I've never seen in you. Um, and so like with your own practice, like it, like how, how do you focus on the progress? Cause there, I mean, is there ever even like, this is my perfect way of how I would teach today and how I would feel. And, um, Yeah. Or, or is it, it seems like it's all progress because progress is the middle. Right? Well, I will say, I mean, I can be very rigid. That's yeah. why I have to do things to mm-hmm. get me out of that because I am, I'm all day long going to go for, you know, how can this be perfect? So think, you know, things that I've shown up to over the years, for example, is like, um, I wanted to do more writing, but for me it was like, Oh my God, is that, does that sound okay? like whatever, like I would stop myself because it wasn't good enough. Right. So then I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to write a weekly email because as soon as I hit send, I can't delete that. Mm -hmm. I can't delete that Instagram post or like that's there. Mm -hmm. So my words are now out there in the ethers and it honestly, at first it was like very hard for me to do that Mm -hmm. because it was exposing. I like to be like very mysterious. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm like sharing more about me and like, that was very hard but like now after like doing this a few years it's like oh like whatever like it's like not like I don't care about it the same way I used to care about it Mm -hmm. so it's honestly just like choosing one thing another thing I mean I'll speak about jujitsu because it's something I do a lot of right now Mm -hmm. um you know at first you're a white belt then you're a blue belt then you're a purple belt brown belt black belt but it's like black belts are just doing white belt stuff at a black belt level does that Mm -hmm. make sense it's like refining and just like but it's like how I, I wouldn't expect to be there but there, you know, mm-hmm. but it's a constant like play of like, Hey, just remember you're here and like, you're not there yet. And it's okay to be here. Like it. So I don't think about perfection. It's just like, I want to get better. I'm always like, that's kind of mm-hmm. my thing is like, how can I be better? How can I be better? And sometimes that's to my detriment. Right. It's mm. so over the years, I've really had to work on like, okay, I've done this effort, effort, effort. I've got this, I've got this, but I wasn't catching the grace. And that's where yoga comes in. Like the Katona comes in is like, make effort catch grace like Mm. one does not exist without the other so it's like you might as well catch the grace of your efforts because it's freely given Mm -hmm. otherwise you're just making all this effort and then eventually it's bitterness because you're not enjoying it right Mm -hmm. so that's my big practice is like remembering to catch the grace like being like oh my god I did that thing holy shit yeah but you know because it's hard for me to like sit in those moments of like um you know, being at the top of the mountain, looking at the view of like, wow, you know, mm-hmm. like I can do that. Like in terms of like looking at nature, I can do yeah, that yeah, but, like, yeah. in terms of like metaphorically, like, Le- like, the ce- like celebrating, done, like yeah. that's way harder for me. Like yeah. that's not first nature for me. So it's, it's come through practice because that's what practice gives us. It gives us second nature and then third nature, which is choice, you know, first nature, again, what you come with, Second nature, what you learn. Mm -hmm. Third nature, what you do with it. Fourth nature is like the product you make of yourself. So Mm -hmm. we don't learn to read just to read. We learn to read to like read the books that you want to read. Mm -hmm. To learn a language so you can like not just speak the language but speak it fluently and like travel to that Mm -hmm. country. And 
enjoy that like you know all of the effort you made to learn it mm -hmm. then you can be in that does that make sense yeah totally so it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's constant work like that is in itself is a practice yeah I also just know that like there's no such thing like mm -hmm. as being whatever perfect means yeah oh my gosh yeah it's unattainable it's not real yeah it's not even real <laughs> yeah yeah I think that's a really good point too because I so even talking about like going back to our conversation about like the goalposts moving, you know, like what is, what does success mean to you and like what, how that shifts over time. I think I'm a lot better at it now. Mm, I could still use some work like as I'm reflecting, but I am better at like celebrating and, and, and even like, just like when I'm in my, you know, internal dialogue of like, wow, I'm so proud of that. Or I'm so proud of that. Like even just reminding myself, like how proud I am of like what I've already built and, and all of that. Um, but I think that, I think that with the celebration side of things, like that's hard for actually a lot of people. And it's because often those goalposts are moving too. So it's like, yes, yeah. you need to check in and to see like, you know, are you still working towards something that you're, that you're, where your goals are, you mm -hmm. know, were five years ago or have your goalposts already moved so far and yeah. <laughs> ahead that you don't, you never even recognize that you hit that other milestone, you know? Um, yeah, and so that's a that's a practice in, like, for me. These little things too, these little wins that we forget to celebrate, right? Yeah, like right now, like the small I, wins. You mm -hmm. know, I lead a few retreats a year in like different countries, and like some people start teaching yoga, they come to me like, "How do you start doing yoga retreats?" It's like, well, you teach for a while, you get a name for yourself, you get students, and then you know, it's like things happen in yeah. time, and like yeah. I just get to be like, "Wow, okay, I just sold out another retreat," and like. Peru like that's really cool like it's amazing. just like little things of like wow okay cool but like it also it comes in time like meet mm -hmm. yourself where you're at like what's the win for then it's like if you want to start adjusting people in a yoga class like just you know that's a win mm -hmm. you know what it's like know where you're at yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so often we lose sight of all these things along the way just because we want to like get to the end and that's not mm -hmm. it's not you know everything happens in time yeah yeah so enjoy the journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Easier said than done. So beautiful. Okay. So tell us about like, what do you have going on? Um, Cause I know, I actually am curious, like, do you have retreats planned for next year? Um, I actually do have uh, a retreat in Peru in March. We have one spot that's still available. Oh so gosh. if anybody wants to come to that with me and Kyle Miller, she's amazing. My friend that lives in LA and this summer I'm leading a retreat with Beth Cook in um, Sicily. So that's, I honestly forget oh my when that gosh. is. It's on the website. <laughs> we haven't announced uh, it yet. So that's this summer. Um, I forget the exact dates, but, um, yeah, so that's exciting. Sicily and, sounds amazing. Um, what else? And I have a few like trainings coming mm -hmm. up that are in New York and LA in January and February. And are those part of the like Katona training yeah. or yep, what? They're both 10 hour Katona, mm -hmm. um, trainings and the idea is like it's for anyone it's not just for teachers you can be any kind of practitioner just curious about the practice and they mm -hmm. always kind of end up being like seasonally right so they're both like winter so it'll be you know the practices will coincide with like a winter practice and mm -hmm. you know but it's still like all the theory that I'm inspired by at that moment so each of my trainings are always different yeah um that makes sense and you'll feel like similarities for sure does that make sense and totally just the way it moves through us like 
it's always changing because we're always changing. Yeah. Yeah. That make that totally makes sense that you, like, even when I've been in your class, it feels like the way that you're teaching is very intuitive, you know, like it's like it, you're sharing, like, of course it's, there's mm-hmm. like insights and thought that's going into it, but it's also like very intuitive to like the moment, the season. Yeah. Um, I, I just too. speak to like where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so beautiful. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's so cool. And then what is, just because now I'm just curious, the winter, like what is winter for like in terms of like seasonality for like the organs and the things that you focus on for Katona? So um, I'll speak to a little bit of it because it's like a lot, but I will say. <laughs> I'm like, um, what are we walking into? I want to know. <laughs> you can just Google, what is the winter season? Um, it's kidneys. So, um, and the element is water. So it's a, it's a time and I'm being very like blanket statement when I'm saying these things, but the portal to the kidneys or the ears, if you know the kidneys, it's the same shape as the ears. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but it's the portal. So it's a hearing, right? So it's like mm. a listening. It's like a deep listening. It's, um, like poses like plow where your legs are around your ears. It's like, it gives you this moment to be with yourself and your breath sounds like the oceanic waves, right? So that in itself, mm-hmm. like you want to soothe your soul, go to the ocean, listen to the tides. It's a way to soothe your soul. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anytime you think about water, right? It's a reflective, like you get to reflect in the winter. You go in, it's a time to go like, you know, think about really what, you know, it's a good time to write. Like mm-hmm. it's a good time to reflect and go deep as we say. So yeah. like deep into like what we want. Um, I think when we say like, I want to deepen my practice, that's very, um, it's like, what do you mean by that? But mm-hmm. winter really is this like, you know, water's rushing and raging and it's also like very still. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a playoff of like what's happening inside and in a, invitation to do less mm-hmm. to go in to yeah. be reflective to write that sounds great yeah peaceful yeah <laughs> i guess it could be the opposite too depending on what kind of deep stuff you're working through yeah. but um but okay that's so beautiful so everyone should definitely go check out josie's um her what is the they can find on your website what is your website url Yes, um, it's josieschweitzer.com, J-O-S-I-E-S-C-H-W-E-I-T-Z-E-R.com. And I always have like all of my offerings linked up there. Yeah, so. and then and then you can also find her on Instagram. Same thing, she's Josie all Schweitzer. Over, all over Instagram too. Um, and she's teaching right now in Denver, Colorado, but you're also traveling all the time and teaching classes in still a little bit, right? Yeah. In LA and New York, just depending on where yeah, you're going that in, week. and a little bit in between. Yeah. Um, but yes, I'm so happy to call Denver home, um, especially yeah. someone else that was oh living gosh. in Columbus with me. Um, it's just cool. There's so many Columbus people out here now. Yeah, there's a it's, str- it's a great Columbus crew. It's all people I didn't know before I moved here, too, yeah, which is, it's, it's, it's like so a beautiful group of people. We love um, it here, and we take advantage of being in the mountains. So it's yeah. really cool. But yeah, everything, whenever I have stuff going on, I always post about it. I have newsletter you can sign yeah, up for. Yeah, definitely sign up for a newsletter because that is, site. I love your newsletter. It's so beautiful. Like the words that you share. It's just like so thoughtful, so insightful. You're just my wise Katona <laughs> and mindful, you know, You're beautiful my friend. wise um, business owner. So, you know, <laughs> Still learning. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining today Thanks and for, for coming to my me. apartment. This is so fun. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to the Sustain Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any suggestions for future topics, please reach out to us through our website or Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review if you enjoyed what you heard. Your support means the world. Thanks again for tuning in. We look forward to creating a more circular future together, imperfectly, but collectively.